Last week, we spoke about the idea that every Christian is reborn, not only of water, but also of the Holy Spirit. It is an expectation dating from apostolic times that every Christian should receive the Holy Spirit, and that expectation is carried out sacramentally in the close relationship between baptism and confirmation, by the fact that Christian initiation is not complete until a person is confirmed. Today, St. Paul takes up the theme of the Holy Spirit in the 12th chapter of his first letter to the Corinthians. And what does he say? To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. Last week we heard that the Holy Spirit is given to every Christian. This week we hear that the Holy Spirit is given to every Christian for some purpose. The examples that St. Paul gives are the expression of wisdom, the expression of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, mighty deeds, prophecy, discernment of spirits, varieties of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Notice that each of these is evangelical in its orientation. Every single one of them helps us to know or understand God or prove that God is in our midst. And each of them is also community-oriented. None is for an individual purpose or individual improvement, but all are for the strengthening of the faith of others. This is why even wisdom and knowledge which themselves are gifts of the Holy Spirit given to individuals, in this list are mentioned here as the expression of wisdom and the expression of knowledge, because the gift is the ability to express these to others. So what is the purpose for which every Christian is given the Holy Spirit? It is for the preaching of the gospel. It is for the announcement of the good news of Jesus Christ to a world longing for the salvation that he brings. And each of us has been given the Holy Spirit for this purpose. You may be sitting there agreeing intellectually, saying, sure, everybody else in this church was given the Holy Spirit, but not me. You are not the exception. Every Christian has received the Holy Spirit, so every Christian has been given an individual, unique manifestation of the Spirit that allows them to preach the gospel of Jesus in a unique way. The question then is, what is your unique manifestation of the Spirit? What role do you specifically play in God's plan for the church and for the world? Let's quickly discuss the examples that St. Paul gives, and then I will tell you how you might discern these gifts in your life. First, we have the expression of wisdom and the expression of knowledge. In a scriptural context, wisdom is proper action. What is the right thing to do in a concrete situation? Knowledge is right belief. What is true about such and such a thing? 
The Holy Spirit gives each of these gifts individually to each of us through baptism and confirmation. But the ability to express them, to help others understand what to do and what to believe, is a special gift, a special manifestation that is necessary for the upbuilding of the church and conversion of the world. Next, we have faith. Now, St. Paul uses this word a lot throughout his letters, but we think of it differently than he seems to have used it. Today, we use the word faith to mean intellectual assent, but St. Paul uses the word a lot more like we use the words faithful or fidelity. It's not merely an intellectual assent, but the tenacity to stick with and follow through on the implications of that assent. Someone may know the right thing to do or the right thing to believe, but the faithful person actually does the action or holds the belief. A strong faith preaches the gospel especially in times of persecution or suffering when it would be easy to give up and walk away rather than stay strong and stay faithful. The example of a strong faith inspires others to be faithful to the gospel. After this, we have gifts of healing and mighty deeds. In considering these, we have to remember that everything God does is oriented toward our salvation. He does not work miracles just because they're cool, and he doesn't care about our physical health if it does nothing for our spiritual health. Healing and mighty deeds, then, serve two purposes. First, they are potent reminders that God does care about his people and that God does work in the lives of individuals. They're suggestions that God may even love us enough to die on the cross for us. Second, they are signs of the authority of the miracle worker. Someone saying that Jesus is Lord is not particularly compelling, but someone who heals a cripple and then says Jesus is Lord might be worth listening to. Finally, St. Paul mentions prophecy, discernment of spirits, varieties of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, the entirety of the 14th chapter of this letter to the Corinthians is dedicated to a commentary on prophecy and tongues. So if you want to go deep into it, read that chapter. But for now, the short version is that from time to time, God has messages for his people. Maybe his community, or maybe individuals. And the distinction that seems to be made in the 14th chapter of this letter is that sometimes those messages are delivered rationally through the mind and sometimes emotionally through the heart or some other means. And so a message given by God for a member of his community or for his entire community, given through the mind, is a prophecy. And the one who can discern spirits is the one who checks that prophecy and makes sure that it is truly from God. A message given more emotionally seems to be expressed through the speaking in tongues. But those tongues need to be interpreted to make sure that they are, in fact, a message from God. Both cases, the message comes, prophecy or tongues, 
And in both cases, it has to be interpreted or checked through the discernment of spirits or the interpretation of tongues. Now, there are, of course, innumerable manifestations of the Spirit, because the way the Holy Spirit works through a person's life for the preaching of the gospel is unique to that person. However, these gifts will always be oriented towards salvation and for the upbuilding of the community. And the examples that St. Paul gives are some of the major and often seen categories of manifestation. So, my dear Christians, the question remains how to determine the ways in which the Holy Spirit wishes to manifest himself through your life. The answer is that you must step out in faith. If we remain comfortable, if we stick to the things that we are good at, if we never risk failure, we will never find the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit fills in our gaps, He completes what we are lacking, He carries us further than we can go ourselves. The best analogy that I could find when writing this homily is that the Spirit is very much like a life jacket. You wear it on the dock, you wear it on the boat, but it does nothing for you until you jump into the water. Once you're in the water, you can finally feel it fulfilling its purpose, supporting you, protecting you, saving you. The Spirit is the same. Only by jumping into the water can the Spirit catch you and guide you and help you. So break out of your comfort zone and try something new in the spiritual life. Try to express the wisdom or knowledge of God to your family, friends, or acquaintances. Try to be more public about your fidelity to God and the Church, even and especially when it is not popular to be so. Try to pray for someone's healing, maybe even laying hands on them while doing so. Try to ask God if he has a specific message for the people in your life who are struggling. You may try most of these things and fail, and that may be awkward, but at least you tried. Of course, you may also try one of these things and realize that you're actually good at it. You may, to your great surprise, experience the Holy Spirit working through you in a way that you never thought was possible. You may learn for the first time in your life how God desires to work through you for the preaching of the gospel and the salvation of the world. Be bold, reach out, and let the Holy Spirit carry you where he wants you to go.